Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. What's up, everybody? It's the mayor of Slamtown, Johnny Mundo, and you're listening to On the Mat Radio with Fabi Chulo. Yeah, how about that little Johnny Mundo to bring us in? Um, doing great things. I got to be honest, man. I'm so happy that he made it back to the WWE because he's so talented. I just hope he doesn't get lost in the shuffle. Like, most of them do, but we'll talk a little bit about his wife, Taya Valkyrie, in a second. But first, before we get started, don't forget for the people listening to us, you're here, you're at On The Mat Radio. It's just me. No more Cody Rhodes, no more KC uh, producing and bringing us in. It's just me by myself. So um, if we have a couple of just small little interruptions here and there, you know why. But I'm starting to steadily get the hang of it. And don't forget, you can always go to onthemat.com, check out all the latest information. I went down to Mission Muay Thai uh, day before yesterday and talk to them because they're literally right down the street from me. So they want to definitely do some stuff so we can put them on, maybe do some, um, some live video to show some Muay Thai techniques so we can put that up on, on the mat.com. So we're steadily going to work on that. I definitely need some help for that. So hopefully I could get uh Nicolette or somebody to, to maybe do some taping for me so we can put that out as well as my lucky com. Even though Scotty Nelson is working hard, uh, building hospitals and uh, he's built two in Mexico and now he's working on one in Puerto Rico. We still does take the time to go look for the specific material uh, for the lucky geese. He's got a hemp gee, He's got a bunch of different kinds. And if you go to that website, every once in a while, they'll blow out a specific size of ghee for, for a great price. So you definitely want to keep your eye on um, myluckygee.com for sure. So make sure you check that out. Um, got a show happening today. Wasim Danawi is going to come on um, in about, 10 minutes or so. We first met him at, it was the first, I don't even think there's been one before, Jiu-Jitsu in the Cage. We saw him do that. It was uh, Michael Bisbing's oldest son. I think he was about maybe, I'm going to say 12 or 13 at the time. He had his first Jiu-Jitsu competition. We had him on the air, and Wasim was one of the first that competed in that uh, Jiu-Jitsu in the Cage. It was a whole big uh event they had the the weatherman from ktla doing the announcing and it was it was pretty huge we got some good stuff over there it was good to get michael bisbee on the air with us as well as his son that was like his first interview that he's ever done ever so maestro if you're out there if you're listening do me a favor man find that stuff so we can put some of that stuff back on we got he's got so much good stuff over there in the garage but it's such a mess that you know it's gonna take forever for him to get it so hopefully we can get some of that i believe we had wasim on there also because we were pretty impressed with his jujitsu, you know, especially being the first time in the cage, because it's a lot different. So we'll talk to him about that. Plus, he got his black belt from, I believe it was Saulo Rivero, so which is, you know, that's where uh, Rafael Obama Jr. comes from and stuff. So definitely want to talk to him about that. Living in San Diego, 
which is pretty much starting to become one of the hotbeds of jiu-jitsu. They got 10th Planet out there with uh, Gio Martinez, who's himself got a lot of stuff coming up. We're going to get him on uh, pretty quick, too, so talk to him because he's got, I think, some combat jiu-jitsu, and he's got another couple of jiu-jitsu tournaments that are coming up, uh, Eddie Bravo Invitational, so we'll definitely get him on air. Then after that, at about the 45 mark, somebody I've been wanting to talk to for a long time, Aaron Simpson, you know, Arizona State, that's that whole um, when they were all together, it was him, and it was uh, uh, Ryan Bader and Cain Velasquez, and I believe – I can't remember who else was with them, but there was that whole crop that came out of there. And talk a little bit about the transition from from the wrestler going into MMA because they've all had great success. you know. And Arizona State itself is coming up to the forefront with Yadzahid Valencia and his brother, both at Arizona State and with the – Big Ten finals coming up this weekend, and then the big national finals coming up in a couple of weeks. We want to get some of his thoughts on that because, uh, you know, it's always been back and forth, Penn State and Iowa, but Arizona State is finally starting to come to the forefront and, and really starting to make their mark. So we definitely look forward to, to this weekend, and, of course, in a couple of weeks, the big ones are going to be on ESPN. So we'll get his thoughts on that. We'll talk a little bit about what he's got going on now, if he's still coaching, and talk a little bit about why it's – I don't want to say easy transition for the wrestler to get into the mixed martial arts, but it's just like we talk about a lot on this show, the daily grind where they just keep grinding it out and they're just so used to, to wrestling and, and training and how hard it is, you know, that's why it's an easy transition for them. So got those two coming up. Got a lot to talk to them about. And, and in the news, you know, every day when I, when, in the morning when I first put on my computer, they have, you know, top stories. And, of course, mine is set to MMA. For some reason now it's MMA and boxing mixed together. Of course, the big fight was uh, Dante Wilder and Tyson Fury, which I got to see it. And I'm, to me, Tyson Fury, that dude is, is slick, man, for as big as he is and as agile. I don't really see anybody beating that dude in the near future. I mean, he, you know, Dante Wilder tried to say his costume weighed 40 pounds and that weakened his legs. And, you know, they start coming up for a lot of excuses. And maybe I'll get somebody like Aaron Simpson's thoughts on throwing in a towel. When you're a coach and you're taking a beat, and we've had that subject on here before, and, and it, and it kind of goes both ways. Some people say, hey, I don't want that. Uh, I don't want him even thinking about throwing in the towel. Um, it's my decision. And then there's something to go, look, if you're taking a beating, I want you to live to fight another day. And if you get mad at me, then that's just something that we're going to have to deal with later on or whatever. So we'll, we'll get the thoughts on that. I thought there was totally justified. He was just taking a beat. I just think it was going to get worse for him. And like I said, he's in control, Dante Wilder. So he could say, hey, I do want a rematch or I want to take some time off, maybe take another fight before that. And then get back to either taking the rematch or fighting somebody else. So it remains to be seen what happens with that. Also in the news today, as everybody knows, Tito Ortiz, he was here. We had Jason Barrio on, his uh, striking coach, and we're talking to him. And it was about maybe three or four days before uh, the weigh-ins for the fight. And he was saying how good he felt and when he was going to fight Alberto Del Rio. The Texas uh, Athletic Commission ended up overturning that whole fight. They said that it was, they're not going to sanction it. They're going to call it a no contest, that they think it was a total work because even though Alberto De Rio is a legit mixed martial artist, you know, he fought in Pride, he fought Miracle Crow Cop in Pride. They're saying that it was, they think that it was, for lack of a better term, a setup or whatever, so they're not going to count it. So that got overturned today. So it remains to be seen what's going to happen with that. I think that, I mean, what can you say? There's been so much. I don't know if Texas, the state of Texas, is trying to stay in the news after those bad decisions that they made at the last time the UFC was over there. I don't know if they're trying to legitimize themselves 
or whatever they're trying to do over there. But we'll, bottom line is they overturned it and said it's just going to be a no contest. So that was in the news too. So it kind of remains to be seen what's happening with Tito. He might still have a couple of good fights left in him. I don't know if he's going to leave it, you know, walk away with that win or if he's in jail. Sonis is just livid. I mean, that dude is constantly on Twitter and on social media saying how, you know, Tito's a joke and he never, that, that Tito never beat Chael Sonnen and that he had tapped before they did, before he even tapped out and said, you know, I don't know if Chael himself is trying to, I wouldn't mind, you know, paying to see that again. We'll ask that question to our two guests today. Would, would they actually want to see that fight, Chael against Tito, you know, the, I don't know what you call that, the trilogy or whatever. So we might pose that question to our guests today and see if they, if they think that that would be a legit rematch or if they, who cares? anymore. I mean, it just remains to be seen if anybody wants to see that anymore. <clears throat> so we'll find out with that. So big fights coming up this weekend too. Um, also, you know, Henry Cejudo finally got his wish. He's going to fight Jose Aldo. I think that's a punk move. I mean, I'm going to go ahead and say it right here. I'm a little tired of these people saying, well, this is the fight I want. Instead of somebody stepping up and saying, look, man, this is the number one contender. This is who you're going to fight. You know, he's been, I, I think he knows that he can beat Jose Aldo. He's going to, you know, try to stand with him. He's going to feel some of that power. He's going to take him right down. He's going to get him on the ground. He's going to pound him out. And he's going to end up getting a decision. So with that being said, now Conor McGregor says he wants to fight Justin Gaethje, which to me, again, shouldn't be able to pick and choose. I think that's an easy, almost an easy fight from Justin Gaethje does have power. I think he can give him a pretty good fight, but you know, not, I don't think he's in the league with Conor McGregor. I think Conor McGregor's got many, many alter. Everybody wants to fight that dude. So for him to say, yeah, I think I want to fight Justin Gaethje. It's just, to me, it's getting a little bit out of hand. I think he, they should step up and say, look, man, this is who you're fighting. If you want this fight, cool. If you don't want it, then, then we just won't make it. We'll just go on to something else or whatever. Same thing with Henry Cejudo. He set out for, for a while. I think he should take on the number one contender. He should fight whoever, did they tell him to? He said, okay, well, I want to fight Jose Aldo. And that's it. I don't know what, why they're letting the inmates run the asylum. Oh, we'll pose that question to both of our guests too. So we'll see if maybe they got, you know, some sort of opinion on that. So well, good stuff, you know, good stuff in the news. Who else better to ask than people like that, that actually know what they're talking about, especially Aaron Simpson, because he was in the UFC for such a long time. So we'll take a quick break. I'm going to do a couple of commercials. I'm going to call Wasim Denali, see if he's ready to roll. We'll be right back after this. Everybody stay tuned. Don't forget, you're listening to On The Mat Radio. here live on On The Mat Radio. I'm going to get ready to give Wasim Denawi a call, talk some uh, jiu-jitsu and talk some jiu-jitsu in the cage, as well as maybe posing some of these questions that we were just talking about in the opening. It's funny because I, I don't have a producer anymore, so usually I, I, even though Cody Rhodes was just starting to get acclimated, um, I bounce a lot of stuff off him and get his opinion, but now I don't have nobody. So maybe we'll get Aaron Morrow or somebody like that start having a um, specific, I don't want to say co-host, but something like that so that we can uh, we can bounce some stuff off of them and see what they think about specific subjects that we talk about, especially in the opening. What's he speaking? 
Hey, Wasim, it's Fabiano. You're live on On The Met Radio. Can you hear me, my friend? Yes, sir. How are you doing? Uh, doing good. It's 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 good to find. It's been such a long time time since we talked, but let me just get this out of the way real quick for the people listening to us. You're here. You're on, on the Matt Radio with Fabi Chulo. It's just me. No more producer. No more co-host. No nothing. It's just it's just me now. Uh, so don't forget, you can always go to onthemat.com. Check out all the latest information on there, as well as what we talked about in the opening. My lucky key. Com. Make sure you check that out on a daily basis because they always got some specials going on right there. So on the line with us right now, good friend of the show who I haven't got to talk to for quite some time, Wasim Janawi. Wasim, how are you, my friend? Man, I'm doing really good. Um, I actually just uh, moved to Indiana about a year ago, so just living here back home, like uh, about a couple hours from where I grew up. And yes, yeah, so I'm out of California now, but still out here, you know, training, competing, doing my thing. I was going to say, what made you decide to move out there? Is it you have family out there? Yeah, my family is, uh, me and my wife's family both, um, you know, lives in Indiana. You know, we want to start a family someday, you know. So uh-huh. we decided it was time to, you know, come out here, buy a house, and, you know, yeah, live our life. Well, you know, we, we talk about that a lot on this show here, you know, because we've been in, uh, well, when Maestro was with me, that's who, you know, was my was my partner for a long time. When we actually saw you at uh, Jiu-Jitsu in the cage, he since moved out to Hemet, and, you know, we for, for lack of a better term, we split up back then. But, you know, uh, Scotty from On The Mat said, hey, you know, I want to keep it going. You know, I like to have a vehicle for, for the Jiu-Jitsu community to, you know, to plug their stuff and to, to promote whatever they got going on. So real quick, I want to talk to you about that. I want to talk to you about moving from San Diego, moving to Indiana. But before we get into that, yeah. um, to me, since since that's happened, because I haven't talked to you in for a while. We're talking years. I'm thinking maybe it's been, what, what maybe three or four years since that jiu-jitsu in the cage, or yeah, was it least, longer than that? Least, yeah, yeah. Well, jiu yeah, that was like in maybe 2013, and we talked yeah. a couple times over last. So it's been a couple of years, though. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you know, since then, you know, jujitsu has grown by leaps and bounds. I mean, we mm-hmm. have people on here that have have come on here and said, "Hey, man, it's nice that now jujitsu you can actually make a living." You know, there's there's these contests uh, and and you know that you can do, and there's money to be made mm-hmm. in it now. And if you get your black belt, you know, but it's it's kind of controversial. Everybody, it, and it's weird because I have like. I've had Jiva Santana on here. He's like, you know what, jujitsu in the gi, and it's got to be in its pure form and all that. And then other people say, yeah, but if it wasn't for Eddie Bravo to bring out like the Eddie Bravo Invitational and combat jujitsu, mm-hmm. you know, it's something else for people to, you know, another vehicle for them to pursue. You know, that started making yeah. some money. I mean, some of the guys are making twenty grand or whatever if they would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Real quick before we talk about that, give me your thoughts on that. I mean, you think it's good for the sport that, that stuff like that's starting to come out, or do you think it should stay in its pure form and just be in the E and by IBJJF rules, or, or give us your thoughts on that? No, man, I, I say, you know, let's let's promote jiu-jitsu. Let's make some money, you know. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's compete for money. Let's, let, let's fight, you know. Let's, just kind of like how MMA is, you know. Um, I think jiu-jitsu can get to that point sometime maybe in our life you know it's going to take a long time um for you know but uh i definitely think that those shows are great um especially like super fights and so forth where um you know yeah. you know people can make money off this now and i i think that's that's amazing you know it's a very small part of people that can actually make a a real living on it but uh you know as time goes on it's going to get better and better and um yeah i i think that stuff is great yeah let's well, sure. see, this is 
this is where where I kind of uh, run into the the problem about you moving to Indiana. I mean, we talk about this a lot on the show too. People, especially when we have like the MMA fighters and stuff in here, same thing. There's two things. A lot of people have say have said, well, I'm at this certain point. I'm going to move to Albuquerque to go train at, mm-hmm. you know, Winkle John or, or Fit NHB. Mm-hmm. And some people say, oh, man, I'm going to move to L.A. because I want to go train with such and such or Arizona to go train mm-hmm. with the, at the fight lab. So you moving from San Diego, which was, I'm going to say, pretty much the hotbed, especially with guys like Saulo Rivero and, and the Rivero brothers, to move to Indiana. Mm-hmm. Now, does mm-hmm. that kind of limit? kind of limit your possibilities or do you figure hey man I'm going to get a job well, I'm going to start a family but I'll see, con- continue to, to train and continue to compete yeah for sure I mean um, I, I can yeah I can definitely see that but you know I was out there a long time learned a lot and you know now I'm in my you know I'm almost going to be 32 like and of course I still have some a lot of fights left me I'm going to fight till I you know I'm dead but uh, you know uh I still have time to, you know, get better. Even not, even though I'm not there, I still, you know, find good training partners here. You know, now it's time for me to start teaching more and so forth. And, you know, hopefully someday, you know, own my own school. You know, that's the, that's the yeah. goal, not anytime soon, but that's the goal, you know, to have my own team and, you know, to keep fighting, you know, be at the front of the line. And, you know, that's, that's what I want to do. And, and see, that's that's what I'm saying. When you when you get your black belt from somebody like the Ribeiro brothers, I mean that's legit. That is legit black belt. Not that you mm-hmm. know, not the other ones are, but I'm I'm talking. Look, look at Rafaelo, like Rafael Lovato Jr. That man still. That's all he talks about is training with the and he he's you know that's top of the food chain. And that dude, Definitely. you know, when he goes when he goes to compete, I mean he you know whatever with the MMA, but when he goes to compete, like let's say he goes to Europe. That dude doesn't go to Europe and come home. He does a seminar in Ireland, and he does probably three or four mm-hmm. weeks, you know, before he even comes home. So that's that's yep. uh, kind of like what I'm trying to trying to get at. You know, I mean, you could do that in Indiana. I'm sure. I mean, the the, the proof is in the pudding. The jit back belt from mm-hmm. from Ribeiro Brothers or whatever. But it just seems like out. Okay, two things out here. There's so much going on. You know, because I know uh, yeah. Gio Martinez, he has a place out there in Pacific Beach. You know, you got so much. But if you're in Indiana, legit black belt from, you know, from out here with the Riberos, it seems like you can bring a whole new uh, perspective out there. Is it kind of like that or is it still just as popular or, or whatever out there as it is out here? Well, I mean, it's definitely growing out here. It's like I didn't know what to really expect when I got out here. But, I mean, I, I train with a lot. You're, you're not going to have a big pool of black belts like you'll have in San Diego. Like, you know, you go to university, there's 20-some black belts on the mat. You know, you come here and there might be a couple, <laughs> yeah. but you have yeah. a big pool of, like, blue, purples, some brown belts that that fight. You know, they, they can really, like, give you good training. Um, yeah, so I, I'm getting better. So, like, for me, from a year ago, I'm definitely better. And, you know, I've been here for the last yeah. year. So I can definitely yeah. feel like I've how I've gotten better, even not training with, you know, 20 some different black belts a week, you know, but, yeah. you know, training with like blue, purple, browns, I'm still, I'm still improving. And, um, yeah, I can, I can find myself doing that. And yeah, I, I'm pretty happy about it. And I, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty satisfied with the training I'm getting. 
Well, yeah, but see, and and which which uh, real quick before we continue for the people listeners, you're here, you're on the mat radio with your host Fabi Chula, and we're talking to Wasim Danawi, uh, you know, legit black belt from the Ribeiro Brothers, talking about moving to different places and, and continuing, you know, with with the jujitsu and and because it's not just a sport, it's 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 like I consider it a lifestyle, you know, you're just that's just that's you, right. you know, you're 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 jujitsu and and it's just part of you, so <clears throat> the. The thing that I'm trying to get at is a lot of people, and which we, this is good why we have the show. A lot of people think, okay, I just lease a building and bam, I'm, I'm, I got a school. But a lot of people don't see, you know, you, you have a lease payment and you have to have a specific amount of students, you know, to pay the bills, to pay the air conditioning and to pay the lights and stuff like that. So it's not that easy just to open up a place and, and start, you know, your own jujitsu um, dojo or whatever. So for, I know we were talking a little bit about it, but is that the goal for you to open your own place and, and have your own jujitsu school and, and talk about that too. It's not that easy to do it. No. Yeah. Definitely not easy. And I'm sure it's, you know, it's a lot of like startup costs and so forth. And right now I'm not really focusing on that. I'm still like, you know, learning the area just, you know, and stuff like that in general, but um, it's going to happen down the line. I, I I can't say it's going to happen next year or two, but, I definitely see myself, like, with a school, with students, you know, teaching people from every single different aspect, you know, from competitors to a 50-year-old grandma, you know, that wants to, that wants to learn self-defense, <laughs> self-defense. or yeah. or 3-year-old kids, you know, like, you know, I want to have, you know, I want to be able to, you know, help people in their lives, and that's something I'm really passionate about, and I, and I, I know that I need to do that for myself. I knew, I know that, like, that's what my my vision is, you know, it's like yeah. I said, it's not going to happen anytime soon, but it's definitely like that's my goal. Yeah, and and which to me is legit. I mean, that no matter what, it's on this show too. We've had people like I had a girl um, named Pauline Pita Macias. She um, she was training with Rhonda, you know, judo and stuff like that. And when I was working for mm-hmm. King of the Cage, I announced one of her fights way out there. It was in the Lac de Flambeau, Wisconsin which was oh. on this Indian re- reservation that was way out there. And she uh, fought a girl named Julian Daniels. And I mean, it was, I mean, mm-hmm. I've been doing this for a long time and I've called quite a few fights for King of the Cage. That was literally mm-hmm. one of the best fights I've ever seen. I mean, she, you know, yeah. she would dig those hips in, but when she would get her down, Julie Daniels had such good jujitsu. She was able to start, you know, uh, uh, putting her in different positions and, and going for the submission. And that was the first time ever the owner, Terry Trebilcock Jr., came up to me and said, look, interview them both. I don't care who wins and who loses, you know, interview them both. Now, she was out here, and okay. she uh, ended up moving to Memphis, Memphis, Tennessee, because one of the promoters said, look, okay. you know, you're such a good fighter. I want to bring you out here. We'll, 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 we'll pay for you for a place to stay, to train. We just want you to do a couple of fights for us out here. And she ended up moving mm-hmm. out there, not not knowing anybody, and, and really mm-hmm. started to bring – someplace like Memphis, who, which you wouldn't think is a hotbed of, of MMA, started really bringing it up. So, so the point I'm trying to make is it really, if, if the, if the proof is there, it doesn't really matter where you're at. It's going to come out and people are going to start to notice. Exactly. You, you kind of get what I'm saying? Yeah. So that, oh, sure. that's, that's why we have a show like this so that we can have, you know, get that out there and people go, Hey man, it's Indiana. That's Wasim Denawi who's, you know, legit, or whatever, so uh, go check out his school. So I'll tell you what, when that does happen, or whatever, you got anything to promote 
or something like that that's coming up, just shoot me a text or whatever, and we'll promote it on this show. I mean, that's that's, that's what awesome, the show really is for. To, yeah, to get it out. That's just just like when we saw you at um, Jiu-Jitsu in the Cage. Nobody even knew what that was, but we put it out there and we said, "Hey, man, you know, go check this out." Yeah. Like they never really they never really did another one after that, but you know, still. No. We, Here's here's another point I'm trying to make. I'm sorry. I know I'm gonna give you a chance to talk, but here's another point I'm trying to make. No, you're good. When when you when they when they contacted you and said, "Hey, look, man, we're gonna do jujitsu in the cage." You know, it's it's the. Did you think, well, uh, I'll go check it out. I have nothing to lose. Or did you go, well, I don't know. I've never done it before. Was was there some sort of hesitancy, or you just said, "Look, it sounds good to me." No. I'm going. Well, no, yeah, you know, like I'm I'm just uh, I was up for the challenge. You know, at that point in time, I had. Uh, maybe at least five or six MMA fights. So I definitely was used to the cage and, and I was, you know, I trained jujitsu at that point in time, probably for like six or seven years. So I was used to both aspects and, and I really liked jujitsu in the cage. I mean, I actually did a submission underground a few years ago too, the Chael Sonnen show, the one they do in yeah. Oregon. Yeah. So that, so that was like, I, I love, I love that. I like when you, uh, you know, when I'm training and we hit the walls, like I tell my training partners, let's stay, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, life, life gets in the way. Like, you know, you're, if you're on the streets and you're up against the wall, you're not going to say, Hey, let's move back to the center. I'm like, let's keep going. And, um, that's always the way I've trained and, and looked at it that way. Yeah. And, and it's, it's kind of like, cause you know, my Esther and I had been professional wrestlers for years and, mm-hmm. you know, we might go do a show and there's 20 people there, but there's somebody there that saw us and said, Hey man, these guys got something you know, let's book them over here or whatever. So it's kind of the same, even though we didn't even know who Wasim Denali was when we went to Jiu-Jitsu mm-hmm. in the cage to cover it. Uh, Juanito Ibarra, who, who put it together, he said, hey, man, can you guys come down and cover it and all that? I'm like, ah, you know, cool. We ended up meeting you. We ended up getting Michael Bisbing's son on the air because that was his oh, first yeah, Jiu-Jitsu yeah. tournament. Yeah. And I, come on. I remember that. Sorry about that. My mic just just dropped off the the off its stand. But um, and it ended up benefiting us in the end because we got so much out of it. So the point I'm trying to make is, you know, you never know. You might go to this tournament and this could happen, or you might go to this tournament and you know just you can meet somebody or whatever. So that's that's the point I'm trying to make with jujitsu itself. No matter what, something could come out of it or whatever, which is good for us because that's how we met Wasim. But real quick, um. Sorry, Wasim, for the people listening, you're here on the mat radio with Fabi Chulo. Got Wasim to now we talk a little bit about jiu-jitsu and how it's, you know, benefiting people now. And you can actually make a living. You can actually open a dojo and stuff like that. So I really, really look forward to to you bringing it to the forefront out there in Indiana, which, you know, for lack of a better term, isn't the hotbed or whatever. Now, I got to take a quick break. Do you think you could hang on and just stay on for like just another five minutes so I can hit you with a couple more questions? Yeah. Yeah, Okay, well, definitely. Definitely be right back with Wasim Dineo. we got to take a quick break. We'll be right back at this quick break, everybody. What's up, everybody? It's the mayor of Slamtown, Johnny Mundo, and you're listening to On The Mat Radio with Fabi Chulo. Throw 
that in real quick because uh, got to take those quick breaks. But for the people listeners, you're here live at On The Mat Radio. We're talking to Wasim Danawi, talking about jujitsu and talking about opening a place and stuff like that. And to me, that's why I have people like him on here because, you know, People just see the finished product. They don't see the training and they don't see what you go through to get there and, you know, weight cutting and getting to where you want to be and stuff like that. So that's why it's good to have them on. But anyways, Wasim, you know, it is so much MMA's changed so much. Do you still keep up with, with a lot of the MMA or, or had you kind of just strictly uh, Man. been checking out the pieces? I, I, I do keep up with it and I try to watch most of the pay-per-views, but I can't watch it every week. <laughs> it's yeah. not too much now. Like it's, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy for the sport. Honestly, from the bottom of my heart, really happy it's growing this much. At, you know, especially like UFC is on so much um, every week. But it's hard for me to keep up with it that much. But I'm definitely still yeah. watching. Well, the thing that 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 concerns me, and which I don't really particularly care for, because I've been doing this for a long time. We're talking like 16 years, starting with Tap Out and then yeah. working with Ed Sorters at Sinister. And to me, I I liked it when the UFC was with Fox Sports because you could see the prelims, and then if you're hyped up and you uh-huh. want to get the pay-per-view, bam, you just buy the pay-per-view. But now you have to buy you know, the app for ESPN or you have to yeah. buy the UFC app or whatever. So it's like the, the guys don't get as much exposure as they used to. Like I, I pay a lot in cable, man. I pay like almost 200 bucks a month in cable because I would get wow. access to TV and everything because I want to keep up. So it's nice because I would check out the fights on Friday. I'd see him. I say, Hey man, this guy did really good. I'm going to put him on the show and, you know, get those guys mm-hmm. the exposure. But now I have to buy this app if I want to see it. Like I, So now it's, it's going to cost me more money. You know what I'm saying? And to me, I think it kind yeah. of holds guys back because I think they should be getting as much exposure as possible. And then if you want to get that pay-per-view, you just pay for it. And bam, you're done. That's yeah. my opinion. Can you give me your opinion on that? I mean, you think it's, it, I'm just not into yeah. the, I haven't left into the 21st century or no, no. I mean, I, I honestly, I kind of did think it was silly that you have to have an ESPN app. And like, I remember one time, I think we were watching it at my um, my my mom's house, and my sister didn't have it. So we had to like figure out how to get it on like their TV and so forth. We yeah, didn't just click yeah. the buy button anymore. Like it was just, it's yeah. just weird like that. Um, and and they have a uh, one thing I don't like. They have like uh, advertisements, and it's a pay per view. <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, I, I don't really like that that much. Um, and I, I don't know if the fighters are getting paid more or less. Hopefully it's benefiting them, but that's not something I know at all. Yeah. If it's to me, if it's benefiting them, I'm all for it because I think they're not getting paid sure. like half as much. You see these boxers, you know, twenty two million dollars mm-hmm. a fight, you know, and you got these yeah. guys that are that are struggling with the four ounce gloves and they're maybe making three grand or whatever. So that, that, you know, I would really like to see them do well. So I'm hoping that that's what's going to do it. But to me, I would just like them to get as much exposure as possible, you know, to, to, and it's, and it's funny because like uh, uh, Bellator, you could still see every once in a while on, on the Paramount network, you know? And when I watch the fights, there's certain people like Vita Arteaga, she calls me right, uh, right after win or lose. And she'll go, hey, man, I know I lost this fight, but I'm going to come. I'm like, you are welcome anytime. You know, so there's a lot of people that are hungry, you know, to, to get out mm-hmm. there and, and stuff like that. So that's what I'm talking about. You know, you see it on the Paramount Network. You know who she is. She comes on the show. She says, hey, look, man, I'll be back or whatever. And then the people kind of look forward to seeing her next fight. So that's that's what I'm talking about. Now, with that being said, I'm going to get your opinion on this. 
to me, I'm a little worried that the UFC is getting to be a little bit too much like boxing because Henry Cejudo came out and said, mm-hmm. I want to fight Jose Aldo. That's all he talked about. I'm not going to fight. I'm going to fight. So they gave him the fight. And then Conor McGregor yeah. wants to fight. Yeah. He wants to fight Justin Gaethje. You know, I, I don't particularly mm-hmm. like that the fighter can control what he wants to do. It should be somebody that says, look, this is the fight you're going to have. This is what you're going to get. If you don't want it, then we'll just, you know, we're done. Do you kind of think the inmates are taking over the asylum, or, do, or am I just nuts? Yeah, no. Some of the, you know, some of the guys are at the top. They're, you know, they're they're picking their fights, and um, like I just feel like in some situations, maybe the person that deserves it is not going to get it, and just just because of money and how popular they yes. are. Yes. Yes. You know, like, and I don't necessarily agree with that. I, I understand taking them. My, and, you know, it might, they might not, but they deserve it. If they are a fighter and they're winning and they they deserve it, they should be the one fighting, even if, you know, the UFC might lose a little bit of money, you know. But, yeah. I mean, I guess I don't know which, their business so forth. I mean, which, I can see them. They're billionaires. Exactly. I wish the person that deserved it was the one that's in there scrapping, you know. Yeah, because that that legitimizes the sport. Like somebody like like Nick yeah. Diaz. I mean, I have absolutely like him and Nick Diaz, uh, Diego Sanchez, people like that. They don't get, like like uh, Nate said. Look, man, Jorge Masvidal is supposed to be the best in the world. That's one fight, you know, win or lose. Mm-hmm. So I have more more respect for him for going after you know the top fighter, even though he lost. Hey, man, he's going against the best. He's not going to say, well, I think yeah. I'll go over here because I know I'll get a good payday and I can whoop this guy's ass. You know what I mean? He doesn't, yeah, they don't do that. Sure. They go after the top people, just like somebody like you. I mean, if they came up to us and say, hey, look, man, I think we want to do a super fight with you against Rafael Lovato Jr. I mean, you, you jump on it, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, he's smashing <laughs> yeah. but, but, but what does that say about you? You say, yeah, man, I'll go for it. Hey, win or lose, I'm going against the best. You know what I mean? Mm. Or, 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 or say, well, I'm going to yeah. go against Fabi well, we're, he's fat we're and overweight. We're the same team, so I wouldn't want to fight him, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm just I'm just using him as an example. I, but yeah, but I yeah, think, against just something against the best, yes, yes, yeah, against someone you know, that's you know the best. Hey, me, offered hey, it, hey, I, yeah, I'm there. <coughs> let me tell you something. When we did the jujitsu expo, that was the first time I'd seen him in person. First of all, that's a big mm-hmm. deal. Second of all, he was gonna uh, do a super fight with somebody who who backed out at the last minute, so he went against Lucas Leite, Leite or whatever. And when I saw, him, I was mm-hmm. I was just amazed. I mean, that guy is just a truly awesome. I mean, he just, and then when Meta Morris mm. came to town and he went against the Gracies and he was, you know, I, I, I mean, that dude is, is, you know, nothing to prove, even though he had to give up the belt. That guy has absolutely nothing to prove. He's fought the best. He's beat the best. He's lost a few times, but still, you know, that you've got to have respect yeah. for somebody who goes against the best. That's just the point I'm trying to make. I mean, you know, that's, to Definitely. me, that's just the way it's been or whatever, but Anyways, well, look, Wasim, I got to tell you, man, I, I, the best of luck to you for sure being out there in Indiana. I certainly hope that, that you know, that you get your own jujitsu place. And I personally, I think it's it's just a matter of time because when you can just just to be able to get a black belt from from uh, the Ribeiro brothers legitimized like that, that's that's a huge accomplishment right there. Like I said, even after they got nothing to prove, I mean, just to get to that point. But like you said, you want to keep moving forward and stuff like that. So, you know, we definitely hear it on the Met Radio. Wish you the best of luck. You know what I'm talking about? Hey, man, I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on today. Absolutely. Well, what my boss, uh, Scotty Nelson, 
That's all he talks about. He says, mm-hmm. hey, man, get these guys on here that are trying to get to a certain level or whatever. Give them the exposure. If they got anything they want to plug or whatever, make sure you get them on and, and put it out there. So any, regardless, if you're going to go do a super fight or you're going to go compete or you decide, you know, you're, mm-hmm. you're going to be able to open a place, just shoot me a text or, or give me a call, whatever, yeah. and you are more than welcome to come on the show and, and, and get it done. I really appreciate. It. I got it. I got to tell you. I, I got a. I got a jujitsu goal that I'm. I'm trying to accomplish. I don't know if you saw it on my Facebook. I'm trying to compete in every single state. Oh wow! And I'm Sorry, at I'm right. 17 right now. So I got. I got nice. quite. A, I got a, quite a ways to go. But you know, it's something I like to travel. You know, but I can never justify going places for no reason. So I was like, okay, I'll just go and compete. I'll just go compete yeah. everywhere. You know. Go there, yeah. fight their guys, eat their food, drink their beer, you know, like, yeah. you know, and, uh, and live life. Definitely, and and the more exposure you get or whatever, it's just going to keep legitimizing and stuff like that. So I'm, I would say that's very, very smart move. Well, real quick for the people that are listening to us, I, I got you as a friend on Facebook. Um, do you got any other social yeah. media or whatever? Because first of all, uh, my my, my kids. Are, yeah, my kids are grown, so I'm constantly going up to them and going, Jessica, can you show me how to do this Instagram and stuff like that? So I barely, I barely got on it. So, so give us your, give us your, your Twitter handle and stuff like that, so that people can keep up with you. Well, I got, um, I, don't, I haven't been on Twitter in years, but my, I, I'm on Instagram quite a bit. Um, WD the Dream. WD the on Instagram. Dream. Yeah, WD okay. the Dream. Yep. For the people listening to us, I'll, I'll talk about all those at the end of the show. Make sure you guys keep up with Wasim. Good things coming from this guy. He's a good dude, man. We've known him for a long time. Really enjoyed watching him, uh, you know, grow and prosper in, in the jiu-jitsu community, man. And, and just like I said, just to be able to, to hang in there and get your black belt and stuff like that means a lot, man. And we really appreciate it. So, like I said, you're always awesome. welcome on the show. Anything coming up, man, you just give me a call and we'll make sure we promote it on this show. All right, my friend? Man, thanks for the support, man. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. For the people listening to us, Wasim Danawe, make sure you check him out. I'll give all his social media at the end. Amin, thank you for coming on.
Okay, well, I'm waiting for uh, Aaron Simpson to shoot me a text back to see if he's ready to roll. I haven't heard back from him yet, but for the people listening to us, you're here live and on the Matt Radio. Just got finished talking to Wasim Denali. And, you know, I it, Cody Rhodes used to tell me all the time, he goes, man, you know, you, you get so hyped up and all that. But for, for somebody like him who we've known for a long time, like you said, I think it was 2013 when we saw him uh, competing at Jiu-Jitsu in the cage and stuff like that. And, and we talk about that a lot on the show too, moving to someplace like Indiana where it's not the hotbed of, you know, jujitsu or MMA or whatever, he's going to have to set the standard, you know, and, and show him what's up and, and keep going from there. So definitely look forward to having him uh, prosper for lack, lack of a better term in the field of um, jujitsu. So, you know what, let me try and give Aaron a call. I called him earlier. I mean, I shot him a text and he hasn't answered back yet, so let me I'm gonna call him to see if hopefully he'll answer his phone. He the thing that happens is when we're when we're doing it on on Thursday, a lot of people are training and they forget. So okay, so we'll give him we'll give him a call right now. Hopefully he'll be able to um, pick it up. If not, we'll just keep going, <laughs> and then we'll hopefully he'll call me back. call us back, but to be honest with you, don't know the number. All right. You know, I told him 745, so maybe he might be doing... I took it off. Hold on. Sorry about that. Okay. Put him in the screen here. Put him right. All right. Didn't want to put his his uh his voicemail or whatever on the air because then it would have gave everybody his number. So no problem. I'll, we'll give him a few more minutes. I'll give him a call back in another few minutes because it's important. I want to talk to him about Arizona State. want to talk to him a little bit about, um, you know, Zahid Valencia. Uh, we know them, uh, I don't want to say personally because I've only got to see him a couple of times, but Andy Lopez, who is used to coach with me at Millican High, and he moved on to teach wrestling at uh, California Mixed Martial Arts. He we used to tell me, man, he goes, hey, man, these kids are going to be something because the dad's getting them up at four o'clock in the morning. They wrestle for an hour before they take a shower and stuff and head over to school. That's what makes them so tough. So I was going to talk to Aaron about, do you think that that might be pushing them too hard? Or do you think, you know, because like, my wife, for example, she's like all for it. She says, you know what, man, if you if you push them kind of like Tiger Woods dad did him, look what he became or whatever, or Michael Jackson, how they used to push him into music or whatever. And look what happened to him. He came out big time, superstars or whatever. So the the two brothers, both of them are at Arizona State. I can't remember the other brother's name, but Saheed, the one he's named uh, wrestler of the year already this year. And I'm, uh, I think he's a senior this year. So, you know, he's going to compete in the Big Ten finals this weekend, the 7th and the 8th. Then they're going to move on to the national. So I think he's going to definitely in his weight division is going to, you know, pretty much take that. And then I was going to ask Aaron about what, what, where do you go from there? Do you go to the Olympics? 
do you start thinking about MMA? I don't know, you know, if if that's what he's thinking or whatever is good for him or whatever, because you never know. You know, I don't want to say waste time, but take the time to to uh, try to compete in the Olympics, which is you know one in a million or whatever. Or if you just say, hey, look, man, I've I've done all I want to do in in the sport of wrestling. I want to move on. You know, just like Aaron Pico, um, Ed Ruth just fought. Um, not too long ago, right here on Bellator, did really well. He ended up losing his first fight, but he still looked pretty good. So we want to talk about that, too, talk about the transition from wrestling into into that. So let me take a quick break. I'm going to try and give him another call, see if maybe he's just slacking. Simpson is ready to go. So let me see here. I gotta go to. I think his number is still there. Eight one. All right. Hopefully this will do it. He says he's good to go. So I'm hoping we're good to go here. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Make sure I have the right number here. This is Aaron. Hey, Aaron, it's Faviano. You're live on On The Mat Radio. Can you hear me, my friend? How you doing? Ah, doing good. Real quick for the people listeners, you're here. You're at On The Mat Radio with your host, Fabi Chulo. Don't forget, you can always go to onthemat.com. Check out all the latest information, everything that we got going on over there, as well as myluckygee.com. Make sure you check that out. And on the line with us right now, somebody I've been wanting to get on the show for quite some time, Aaron Simpson. Aaron, how are you, my friend? I'm good. Everything's good out here in Tempe, Arizona. That's good. I, I, first of all, i got a lot to talk about, and, and I'm on a, a, a short time period here, but um, definitely uh, want to talk to you about wrestling for sure. Uh, real quick before we get into that, um, you know, it was funny because when I put you, when I put that I was having you on, I got a lot of messages and I got a lot of emails saying, you know, that was the killer squad back in the day because it was you and it was Kane Velasquez and it was uh, Ryan Bader and stuff like that. You still get people talking about that? Yeah, or has it kind of already ran its course? Um, yeah, every once in a while, people people pointed out. In fact, someone said the other day, you know, about about that group and they, they're, you know, kind of how we put it on the map, putting issue wrestling on the map, and that was it was well known, you know, that that where we came from and we represented that school and kind of our history and everything. So yeah, I mean, every once in a while, you know, it's still out there. Well, let me tell you, it's alive and well, man, because I got a ton of of. First of all, when when I first posted that I was having you on. 
I mean, phone just nonstop, just kept going with messages and stuff like that with questions that, that they wanted to ask you. And the biggest one that came up is with Arizona State, you know, pretty much this year coming to the forefront because it's always been, you know, Penn State and uh, Iowa, you know, back and forth. But it seems like Arizona State, you know, especially with, with uh, Zahid Valencia and people like that, you know, is really starting to, to get known in other words, or whatever. You kind of see that going on right now, or has it, or has it always been that way? I haven't been keeping up. Oh, no, they, 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 the, the university bet invested. You know, from when I was coaching there, we were a second-tier, even third-tier sport at the university. We had an athletic director that didn't really care about wrestling, and she ended up cutting the sport. I'm dropping it for two weeks. So uh, it was it was uh, really dark times. And then um, – you know, they brought it back, and they had another coach, and they finally got a new athletic director. Um, and this new guy, he Ray Anderson, has really put ASU Wrestling back on the map with how he is, the coaching he's brought in and the money that's behind it. You know, money rules all. you got a coach like Boy. Cale Sanderson at, at Penn State, <laughs> that's making half a million dollars, whereas yeah. you know, other coaches are making $90,000. So, they put money into it. They've got a lot more people. And, yeah, we've got guys like Zahid Valencia who uh, who just ran into some trouble. I don't know if you know about that. Yeah, you hear about, about that. Yeah. Ah, it's sad, man. It's a, it's, a, it's a crappy way for him to end his career and made a mistake. It was on a PED. Um, just made yeah. a dumb mistake, and they got to hold him. You know, they got to hold him accountable now. And, you know, he was going down as the greatest wrestler. And still, in my eyes, is the greatest wrestler Arizona State University's ever had, but yeah. it would have been nice for him to seal it off with three national championships. Well, you know, if, before we called you, I was talking about that because um, I, I coached out here in, in uh, Long Beach, California at Millican High, okay. and Andy Lopez was, was one of the coaches that was with me, and he was always telling me about these Valencia brothers. They went to St. John Bosco High, and he goes, yep. you know, their dad gets up four o'clock in the morning and they wrestle for an hour before they get ready for school. And you know, that's why they're such killers and stuff like that. So uh, again, I got some messages and stuff like that. They said, well, you know, when you get Aaron on, ask him, do you think that that kind of burns them out when you do do that much with them? Or do you think it's like, like Tiger Woods and them, you, you know, you, you're just working with them so much that just, they have no other alternative, but to be a superstar. You, you, do you kind of see that? Or do you think they just get burnt out? Well, you, you, as far as the Valencias, um, the, the, the proof's in the pudding on with them. Now, oh, most yeah. kids, I would say, it's, it's they get burnt out. And and I've heard some, you know, that, that, that the dad was really rough on them, but oh, yeah. um, they're they're highly successful in there. And, you know, Anthony more in freestyle, the Heat, obviously, in, in, in uh, college and freestyle. Um, and they're still sticking with it. They didn't quit. And they didn't, you know, they didn't resort to – drugs and losers and you know they're get their college degrees and everything so something to be said for for a parent to push their kids but i, I, I couldn't speak to it i wasn't around you know i don't yeah i wouldn't have run that group so i don't know but I, for the most part it's, it's nice to it's nice to have a kid that's self-motivated not have to do all that but sometimes well, parents was, need to step up and be a part of it yeah better that and way than they, a parent that doesn't care Exactly, exactly. And when they were in high school and we would we would go to check out the tournaments, that's when I first saw them. And Andy said, hey, man, these kids are, are killers or whatever. And I saw them and I said, man, these guys, you could tell, you know, they really put the time yeah. in, you know, and stuff like that. So then another question, which which uh, somebody emailed me, they said, well, somebody like that that's doing, because I, I guess uh, I got uh, not wrestler of the year, but the most dominant wrestler 
or whatever. So they said, well, somebody that's that dominant, do they do they hang around and and you know go? What's next, the Olympics, or do they say, hey, look, man, I've I've done all I can do here. Maybe I should start thinking about something like MMA or something like that. You think? I mean, especially somebody who you who transitioned right into MMA, no problem. You think you think he's? I mean, you couldn't really say yourself, but I mean, what, okay, let's put it this way. What do you think would be better for him? Well, right now, depending on what's coming down, he's, he may be two years out of, of competing and, you know, get, to make an Olympic team and a world team. So he may be out of yeah. USA wrestling and freestyle for a couple of years, um, right. which is really going to set him back. That being said, then it's, you know, could be time for him to at least dabble in MMA and stay active and train. And cause like, he's going to have to stay away from you can't probably won't be able to be part of the ACU or a university and yeah. there's going to be some issues that could come down on him. So he may have to grab a gym and, and train and, and who knows, take a fight. He, he's obviously uh, a competitor. The guy knows how to win. I, I can imagine it, anything that he does, he it's pissed off if he doesn't win. So in MMA, that would be right, you know, right up his alley. You know, he grew up yeah. and, and trained with Aaron Pico and, you know, Pico's been successful in Bellator, had some yeah. rough losses, but, that that Zahid's that type of guy who will he'll shine. You know, he's he's Bo Nickel. Um, Bo Nickel's moving into MMA before too long, and and you know I'd love to see a guy like Zahid step in there because he would be a star um, at a high level, and you know would jump on maybe I I think his career needs to be someone needs to take care of him and make sure that he does things smart, not just throw him out there against somebody big. Like I think you know Pico wasn't coached correctly at the beginning, maybe and. Got himself yeah. in, in a fist fight when he should have been wrestling, but I don't know. I just I think what what he can do would be he'd be a freak in in MMA, um, and and would just need the right coaching and, and training. You know, and this speaking, especially you speaking from experience, you know, making that transition to me, you know, for, for some reason to me, it just seems like the wrestlers, not that it's easy to make the transition into MMA, but they're just so used to the grind and going to the tournaments where, you know, you don't know who you're going to wrestle, you know, at this tournament. Sometimes you do end up going up against the same guy, but, you know, you just, you have to be on weight. You, it, tournaments, when I was coaching at Milliken, Coach Thompson would say, I wish I was a football coach because you only have one game for a certain amount of time, one week, and that's it. He goes, here, yeah. you know, the tournaments, you're, you're weighing in on Fridays. You're all day Friday night. Then Saturday you come back, and you're all day Saturday. He goes, it takes a lot, you know. And do you think that's why uh, it's, it's, it's a it's, I don't want to say easy because it's not, but the transition from doing wrestling into MMA, you know, that the guys are just such killers because they're just so used to the grind and, and well, doing yeah. it every day and stuff I, like that. I mean, I mean that, that, that's been proven over time. There are obviously some other athletes out there that are that are fighting that don't have wrestling backgrounds that end up picking it up, and they will admit that wrestling is the hardest thing for them to pick up, and they have to train extra hard at it because they don't have the backgrounds, but the guys that especially make it through Division One wrestling programs were like even going to the NCAA wrestling tournament. I tell a story about Ryan Bader. Ryan would have to get we get there to the tournament on Wednesday night. He'd have to work out Wednesday night, get up in the morning and work out to weigh it to lose weight to weigh in, weigh in Thursday morning, wrestle all day, weigh in Friday or if you get up Friday morning, work out at five a.m., lose probably five six pounds, weigh in, wrestle all day, watch what he eats. Weigh in Saturday morning, Russell, you know, we're getting up in the morning again, weighing like, it was insane over a three-day weekend at the National Wrestling Tournament. 
And that is something that happened for six months out of the year. And then even more so if you're wrestling freestyle and, and yeah, the grind, but, but the, the ability to train at a high level and understand and be coachable, wrestlers have that over most anybody else um, because it's just ingrained in them. Yeah. They, they don't know any other way than to show up. Okay, what time are we showing up? We're showing up at 5 a.m. We're going to lift and run. And then, oh, we're going to fight. We're going to 10 a.m. grappling practice. Ah, that's not going to do that. And then we're sparring at so-and-so. And then we're wrestling, blah, blah, blah. It's like, that's just how it was. You just scheduled, you know? Yeah. It's, and, you know, it's, it's it's funny that you say that because I saw on your on your Facebook you put up the how they had the interview with Dan Gable. And, you know, I read I read his book. And, and the thing that stuck, stuck out to me the most is he said, you know, I, I never cared if somebody uh, won or lost. He goes, I just wanted that guy, whoever he was wrestling against, for that guy to come off the mat and say, I never want to wrestle that guy again. And I, that yeah. for some reason, that's always stuck with me because, you know, win or lose, if you go out there and that guy comes off that mat and says, hey, I don't ever want to wrestle that guy again, then you know, yeah. you, you know you've done something. Do, do you keep up with, with a lot of that stuff with Dan Gable? Because, I mean, I have. I've read his book. I've seen a lot of his interviews and stuff like that. And to me, that you know the the tradition kind of continues with the brand brothers and stuff like that. Do you kind of uh, kind of see the same thing there? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I mean that that program, especially growing up, Iowa wrestling was the program. And you know, looking back, it would have been a, I think I would have fit in very well at the University of Iowa and wrestling in, a, in, a, in an environment like that. But I I loved what I did at Arizona State and um. But, yeah, I mean, I still keep up with what's going on there, especially now how successful they are now. I mean, they're the number one team in the country and, and more dominant than, than Penn State is right now. And they should win the national title, barring any crazy injuries or anything happening to them. But you never know. National tournament's nuts. But, yeah, I keep – I mean, I, I, I got to travel with Dan Gable a couple times on some international trips and got to pick his brain a little bit and, and it was just a neat experience. I, like, the guys that actually got to be coached by such a legend really, yeah. I think, have it a, <laughs> far above everybody else because they got to be in a room every day with that guy. Yeah, heck yeah, that would be awesome. But real quick for the people listening to us, you're here, you're on the Matt Radio with your host, Fabi Chula, and we're talking to Aaron Simpson, talking a little bit about, you know, collegiate wrestling and, and you know, how, how the transition into MMA just from the grind is, you know, makes it just that much more, uh, not easier, but for you to be able to, to do it. But, you know, I, I, I had Sean Shirk on my show and we were talking mm-hmm. for a while and he was saying, I, he, he, I was saying, do you think that the UFC is kind of watered down now because it's, it's more of a business because they have so many shows and you have to buy the app and, and stuff like that. And he said, you know, when I was in there, he goes, I only had one loss and my one loss was to Matt Hughes and they cut me. He goes, so yeah. it used to have to be the best of the best. You know, if if you if you lost that one thing, you were out of there. He goes, and then I I went to Pride. Uh, do you kind of see that now, or do you think you know it, it's a business and they have to do what they have to do? It's it, 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 I thought that from the beginning. I thought, man, this is watered down. There, we don't know who these people are. They brought in all these other European <laughs> fighters and Asian fighters, and awesome. They've opened it worldwide, and that is that's what they should be doing. They should be growing the sport. Um, yeah. But I also feel like they've lost so many names. Um, and I keep up with it here and there, not like, but I'm, I'm yeah. I know the sport and I still don't know anybody in, the, in it, you know, like you have to be a diehard fan and then you have to research all these people. Whereas back in the day, like I always tell a story, like I, I fought in UFC 102 um, yeah. on pay-per-view with, with Randy Couture and, and big names up, like you knew every fight on the card, all 11 fights you knew and, and were excited for every fight of the card. Now 
we're lucky to know two of the fighters on the card, maybe the main event. And it, and it is. Either they're not marketing fighters well. Um, everyone wants to know what Conor McGregor's going to do. Um, they kind of yeah. know this could be, they kind of know Khabib, but you know, he's not an American. So he doesn't, he's not, it's just, it's just different. So they don't have those names like they used to have. Um, yeah. John Jones, John Jones is the greatest fighter in the world. Everybody knows who he is, but he has no opponents. They cut guys, yeah. they cut Ryan Vader, they cut guys that, that should have been in there. I mean, he, there's no one to fight him. Dude's got to go yeah. up to heavyweight and, and I don't know. I don't know. They're trying to grow fighters to beat him and, but they just don't build these names anymore. And I think Bellator is going, doing a better job. I think Bellator is paying a lot more. I know yeah. guys making, you know, $100,000 a fight that are that are somewhat new to the sport, but they're they're picking these D1 wrestlers up that are that are growing and and they're uh, going to be making. You know, they're 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 doing the right thing. I think by fighters, Bellator is. Yeah, well, I I would agree with that because even a small show like mine, um, Bellator, open arms. They call, they email me all the time. Hey, we're gonna be out in California. Why don't you come down check out the wins? Why don't you come down check out the open workouts? And what what we're talking about earlier, to me, uh, I I pay a lot of money in cable because I keep up with everything, you know. And I had access to TV yeah. and I was able to watch LFA. That went to a nap. Uh, Bellator is one of the few that you can still. It's on Paramount Network. And I can watch the fights. Yeah. And then if I do want to get the pay-per-view, I just pay for it. You know what I mean? And a lot of the fighters that, that I've come to know, they'll call me. Like Vita Artiaga called me and said, hey, you know, I, I know I lost, but I want to come on so I could tell people. And I'm like, absolutely. You know, they're, they're just a lot more accessible and gets the exposure yeah. out there a lot more. That's one of the things I like about it, you know, uh, about Bellator. Is they're really making steps to get to get those fighters out there so they can, just like you said, so you know who their names are and, and it gives them a lot more exposure. So that's a good point that you made. Yeah. But anyways, Aaron, yeah. I, I'm so sorry, man. I'm, I'm running up against the clock or whatever, but um, you know, that's, it's funny. Cause the, uh, my boss, Scotty Nelson, the, the owner and founder of on the mat, when I told him, I said, Hey, I'm going to have Aaron Simpson on or whatever. He said, Hey man, that's good. He said, cause that legitimizes the show. He goes, that's somebody who knows what they're talking about. You know, they've been there or whatever. So, uh, you know, I really, really appreciate you coming on. What about yourself? I mean, I know you're, you're doing your own thing now with real estate or whatever. You still keep people yeah. in the game, still training or tell us, tell us what a, a, uh, a yeah, like. I work out. I, I still train some guys here and there. I help guys over at, uh, at Thoroughbred Wrestling Club, which is the club my buddy Eric Larkin and Mike Douglas start run. It's a kids club and they have a high school for wrestlers called Valiant Prep high school and it's some of the best wrestlers in arizona go to this high school specifically built for wrestling they travel all over the country and wrestle so it's it's a, a really cool thing i coached at arcadia high school here in scottsdale for the last couple of years which has been kind of fun it's an upstart pro new started program so i'm still around it and then of course i keep in touch with asu and keep yeah. in touch with Bader and some of the local guys here so it's yeah. and i've been out to the lab helping the guys at the lab with some wrestling here and there ben henderson and those guys and so it's 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 something I can't get you know get out of myself. I enjoy it still, and got good you know good people like you out still promoting the sport and still remembering. Oh yeah. Me. So it's it's always fun. Well, let me let me ask you one question before I let you go. Uh, yeah. uh, here's here's uh, my problem when I was coaching. I coached for six years, and my problem was especially the the, the kids that were juniors and seniors because you know they're sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. They, I, I really had a hard time having them focus because, you know, they, they start the girls and stuff like that. They'd weigh in, uh-huh. and I'd be looking for them, and I couldn't find them. And they'd go to, like, Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles and eat all this crap. And I'm like, what are you doing? You, now, personally, 
what did you do to keep them focused? Oh yeah, you tell me that it blew my mind <laughs> when I you know I coached Division One wrestling forever, and then yeah. I and I coached and and trained you know high end fighters, and and so I yeah. I went and coached the Upstart High School here, and I had kids that were just. Like moms would take her kid. To, the kid would not go to a tournament because his mom, because the mom said he has to go to his little brother's birthday party. Oh, little brother's birthday party, and the brother had a birthday on Thursday, but the birthday party's on Saturday, so he had to miss a tournament. The kids like, oh, I can't go, coach. <laughs> Stuff like that. Like oh, one kid God. had tennis yeah. lessons one day, he couldn't go. I'm like, are you shitting me? How that doesn't make any sense to me. This sport should yeah. be your number one, and I, you know, I understand if something major pops up, but when it's wrestling season. Parents need to get, you know, and that's that's maybe communicating with parents a little bit more. But, yeah, that's yeah. just distractions and kids just aren't. There are still kids that are super serious about the sport, and, and the sport yeah. is advancing because of them and because of better coaching. But, man, it makes it tough when you have kids that are just kind of kind of half half in. They're part-time wrestlers, which, which is tough for someone like me. Uh, you know, I agree. And, but the thing is, when I would see a kid struggling and i take the time and work with them and, and see him do well, I mean, man, that meant the world to me, man. I mean, it just yeah. for that kid to come and after a pin or something like that and he comes up to me and say, hey, man, thanks, coach. That really meant a lot to me. Yeah, like, that was rewarding. Yeah, they've cut the programs so much, you know, especially in high school. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why I'm not coaching anymore because they wouldn't even have buses anymore. We ended up shuttling kids back and forth to tournaments and it just, you know, really got to be a lot. So, Hey, yeah. I, I gotta tell you, man, I appreciate you coming on and and talking about yeah, no worries, buddy. from somebody who knows. Uh, for the people listening, you know, keep up with Aaron Simpson. I do. You know, he's got a lot, still got a lot going on. Like you said, he still keeps us, you know, keeps in the mix and stuff like that. And especially with the Big Ten uh, finals coming up this weekend, and then of course the big nationals are going to be coming up in a couple of weeks. So we'll keep everybody, you know, posted. It's gonna be. It's always a great. I'm telling you, man. March Madness for basketball, ani madre way. The real March Madness is for me has always been wrestling because that's when you know everybody steps up their game. So definitely look forward to yeah. that. So, Aaron, hey, again, man, I appreciate you All coming right, on. Uh, hey, best of luck to to you. Hopefully, we can get you back on a little bit later and talk a little bit about these finals. How about that? Sounds good, man. Let me know. All right, you got it, Aaron Simpson. Everybody, uh, make sure you tip Hey, a million thank yous, man. Appreciate it. Talk to you soon. Bye bye. having a slight cough attack while Aaron was talking so I was hoping he, he didn't hear me go, uh, going nuts over there in the side uh, coughing and everything but you know always great to have somebody like that on you know speaking from experience and like we said man that wrestling gets you to the promised land I'm telling you man it's nothing like that grinded right now we're in the thick of it you know with the big uh, Big Ten finals coming up this weekend or the weekend of the 7th and the 8th and then, of course, the Nationals coming up uh, in a couple of weeks. So definitely look forward to that. A big thank you to Aaron Simpson for coming on. And, of course, Wasim Danawi talking some jiu-jitsu. It's good, you know, try to mix it up a little bit, talk a little jiu-jitsu, talk a little bit of wrestling and UFC and stuff like that. I think the consensus is 
you know, that UFC is getting getting a little bit watered down, man. I want to start seeing some some names. I understand it's a business and everything, but I just I just want to see the best fight the best. I mean, there's guys like I said, man, that just they don't care win or lose. Just like we're talking about Dan Gable, he said I don't care if you win or lose. I just want that guy to come off that mat and say I don't ever want to wrestle that dude again. I mean, that is definitely worse to live by. So everybody, make sure you check out my guest on their social media. I'll put them up on mine so you can uh, click over to their stuff if you want to keep up with them um, next week. Uh, Going to keep it going, man. Got another wrestler coming on next week. I'm hoping to book him and, of course, another jiu-jitsu person who I'm hoping to book on here. Um, but, you know, like I said, on Thursdays, especially between 7 and 8.30, a lot of people are training. But definitely work on it. We'll keep everybody posted on my social media. Just go to Fabi Chulo. Put that in your little search engine. You can keep up with that. Hey, man, appreciate everybody you know, listening and checking it out. I'll make sure to post this up on all my social media as we're done. So for everybody listening, we'll see you next Thursday. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.